In this month's lesson, we talked about the qualities of leaders who are difference makers. Let's join Pastor Bill in the auditorium for this great lesson. Today, what I call leaders who are difference makers, there's a difference between a, a leader who's just got a job. There's some leaders that you know that basically it's just a job, it's just a title, it's just a, uh, it's just a vocation. Some people are just coasting until retirement. Um, some people are coasting until they're terminated. You know, some people, some people have already retired on you, they just don't know it and hadn't informed you yet, but you just can't see them doing the job yet. But then there are those leaders that really make a difference. They're those leaders that when they come into an environment, things begin to change. And, and it changes because of their influence and because they have some obvious traits and skills. And that's really the kind of person you're looking for. You're looking for the person that you know that if I find them, I, I remember one time I was interviewing some people and we were sitting in a room and I didn't say anything, I was watching. And the HR person, and the other people were doing all the questions, I was just watching. And the guy looked around right at me and he said, you're making me uncomfortable. And I said, I, I don't mean to be. He said, well, you're staring at me and I'm just wondering, what are you thinking? And so I told him what I was thinking. I said, I, I'm thinking this, do I want the people that you're gonna influence, do I want them to have your level of energy? Do I want them to have your level of care? Do I want them to have your values? Because if I bring you on in time, they're gonna have and reflect who you are. So I'm watching you to see, would I follow you? Do you have something to bring? Can I learn from you? I said, that's what I'm watching you for. And that's not good or bad, that's just, that's just what you're doing. And so you wanna find the leaders that you know that you say, they're gonna bring something. They, they may shake it up, they may make us think different, but that's what they're gonna do. That's who you're looking for. Or you wanna be that person that makes a difference. Uh, just real briefly as I get there, people that make a difference are gonna upset some things. They will, if you bring in somebody that's gonna make a difference, Count on it. Some, some, you know, some uh, sacred cow is going to get slaughtered. Um, something's going to get broke. Something's going to get changed. If you bring in a leader, you're going to discover that they're going to upset some things. And sometimes they'll upset people. They'll upset people that were coasting until they got there. And now all of a sudden, they're not, they're not enjoying it. I recommended a guy to a real estate company several years ago in the city he lived in. And I called a friend of mine and said, look, this guy can sell anything I promise you, you hire him, it'd be the best thing you ever got. And it wasn't long after that before the owner called me and said, Bill, that guy, you're right, he is moving the ball. He's selling houses, he's doing better than any of the top three we have. He said, and there's something I gotta deal with now. And I knew what he was gonna say. He said, the other team members don't like him. Well, of course they didn't like him. They didn't like him because he came in and said, we can do better, and he stepped up, and they began to feel bad. Now, they either have to learn to grow or go. You know, that, that's their issue. That's not his, he's doing his job. And, and so when you bring in somebody who's really gonna be productive, a difference maker's gonna upset people and upset things, they're gonna also do something though. A good difference maker can withstand the pressure of the critic. They just understand how to handle it. I mean, when, when you find somebody can make a difference, it doesn't matter to them if somebody doesn't like them. It doesn't matter to them if everybody's not applauding. It doesn't matter to them if, if they get anonymous emails or or they get talked about behind their back. They don't care. It doesn't matter because they're mission focused and they're not in it for pleasing everybody else. They know what they want to get out of life and so they know how to just turn a deaf ear to criticism and that's a great quality for somebody that's gonna make a difference. They also have another skill and that is they know how to focus. I have learned through the through years, 
The secret between great leaders and good leaders is focus. Um, there, are, there are people that I know that have the greatest qualifications, greatest credentials, greatest opportunity, and even the greatest product. But the reason it never really hits the big league is because they don't stay as focused as they should. You'll find all leaders generally have a lot of qualities alike, but the one thing all great leaders have is focus. They know where they're going. They know what they want to get. They know what it looks like when they get there, and they refuse to let anything else get in the way of that. That's what they want to do. You'll find it in your job. I find it in mine. I, I had to share I sharing this with my, with my son who's stepping into the role of pastoring. And um, when he stepped in this role, I've been guiding him now for two, three years now. And there was a time I said, now, I want you to do something. I don't want you to know the name of one speaker anywhere in this world. I don't want you to know it. I want you to spend the first two years. I don't want you to know what they're doing in Mississippi or Tennessee. I don't want you Googling or blogging or following everybody else. I don't want you to know the name of anybody anywhere except these names. And I opened up the Bible. I said, there's 66 books here. I want you to know this book. Because if you get around those people and you don't have strong roots, you'll change your plan all the time for what they're doing. Well, what they're doing is right. Let's try that. Oh, what they're doing looks good. Let's try that. And you'll do everything everybody else is doing and waste your life not doing what you can do well. So figure out who you are first. The secret is going to be who are you? How are you wired? What's your DNA? And learn what you know. Get your skills so well that if you were on a desert island, you could still do it because the skills are not something you copied out there, but it's something that you have that's a part of you in here. And now he's at the stage, he said, okay, I've done it. Now I'm saying, okay, here's three or four people I want you to look at. Because they've weathered storms and they produce, and he's given me the privilege of being able to shape him, which will help him. But the goal in your life is this. You can spend all your life like a hummingbird just running from place to place, loaded with information, grabbing everybody's trends and tricks and ideas, and you can miss a whole lot of opportunities of being who you are and building what you have. And when you do it right, There'll come a time that you'll look back and say, I don't have to give up my walk with anybody because I know what I'm called to do and who I am. So they understand that their goals. The, the last thing along that line is this, and that's just the intro up to it. People that, uh, people that make a difference are lifelong learners. That's, that's what I love about you, by the way. Let me thank you for being here. I thank you because you've understood the value of learning. You see, when you want to grow, here's the secret. I spoke last weekend. This is pretty cool. The guy that that promoted it was fantastic. I told Hunter, I said, Hunter, you gotta, you gotta get his thing. I spoke at a church last weekend that I knew the guy when he had about 50 people. And I got the chance to mentor him then. And it was just a wonderful experience. And throughout the years, he's hungry, he would grow, and he got other mentors as well. But I remember helping him out when he had nothing. And he always said, I could never see myself pastoring a large church. I just, I want to, and I, I'd like to. And I always saw he had potential. So I personally invited him to our church and had him speak just so he could get the feel that he could do that. And that was one of the helps. Well, last week he had me speak. Week before last, he had 6,000 people in his church from a church of about just a, a few, you know, dozen people. And he's grown so well. And when I started to leave, he's got everybody coming to his church. He's got all the senators and congressmen and CEOs. His church is loaded with all the executives. And so he asked me to stand there. He said, Bill is going to teach you something if you'll get his leadership. And a lot of them do. But he said, if you get this, here's what he's going to teach you. And his, his point was so good that I said, man, I, I wish I'd have thought of that. You ever, you ever heard somebody say something so good? You said, man, that is good. Here's what he said. He said, how many of you want to grow your business? And all these guys raised their hand. And then he said, do you know how you grow a business? 
You don't grow a business by trying to grow a business. He said, you grow a business by growing yourself. You are the lid. He said, if you grow, the business grows. You don't grow, the business don't grow. It's that simple. And then he started looking out and calling businessmen. So-and-so's got a billion-dollar company. Is that true? And they go, yes, sir. And he just took the whole morning. And so-and-so's got a such-and-such company with 6,000 employees. Is that true? That's right. He said, the key is you grow your business by growing your leadership. And then he turned around and gave me a lot of credit for it. He said, he said Bill will teach you how to grow yourself. And you do that, it'll grow your business. And he made it simple, but it's true. When you're growing, leaders are lifelong learners. They didn't quit when they got out of high school or college. They suddenly said, I want to learn how to do this. And, and the leaders that make a difference are the people that still keep growing. And when they go back to reunions, they'll be back around people that they'll say, you know, we're not on the same plane anymore. I mean, I used to think that, that we, were, we were all the same and they really had it together. But you go back 10 years later and you'll realize they don't have the ability to solve common problems. And you've been through things and learned things. And growing leaders understand that. So you want to keep growing. By the way, that's when you're satisfied. You're not happy when you reach the goal. You're happy as long as you're growing. If you're growing in your marriage, you're growing in your finances, you're growing in your job. As long as you're growing, you're happy. It's when you're not growing that you're unhappy. And if you just reach the top, you'll find you'll be empty unless you have a plan to keep growing. So I'll give you that, and then I'll tell you this. What are the signs of people that make a difference? What are the signs? Let me give you one. People that make a difference are different. <laughs> They're just different. Uh, that's why sometimes they don't fit well when they first walk into the room or join on the team. You'll begin to think, well, I don't know about that new girl. I don't know about that new guy. They're a little different. They got different ideas. They're bucking the system some. They're, they're not quite following along with us in total, total step. And, and, and if you're not careful, you will miss out on letting them expand and be who they are. They're just different. I'll tell you what, one thing that shows is the attitude. You know, this attitude is so much more of what we, we, we have that we can make a difference with that sometimes we suppress. Um, they, a person with a great attitude understands, yeah, every job has problems. Um, there'll always be difficult people around. And there'll be some bad days going to happen. But a positive attitude says, but you know something, I can power through that. Positive attitude makes a huge difference. You can feel discouraged or you can say, how do I change this state? How do I change this story? How do I change this strategy? By the way, that's the three things you've got to change if you're going to change your life. You change your story, what you've been telling yourself all your life. You may, you know, the question is, what have you been saying to yourself that's kept you where you are all your life? And you can be a victim or you can say, I can overcome this. So the way you change your life is first, you just change your story. And the second is you change your strategy. You have to figure out what's my strategy and how do I change that? And when I can figure out how to change that, now I can say, yeah, it's a bad situation, but I'll make it work. And a positive attitude to get through most of that. I remember years ago, I uh, heard this illustration about a boy that a young guy, his grandfather owned a store. It's kind of one of these you know, uh, hardware stores with groceries and all the rest out in the middle of nowhere. And the grandfather owned the store. And, and, uh, and then he gave it down to his father. And the boy would come and work after school. And then the day came that this boy got the store. He's so proud of it. It was his business. And he was going to make his dad and his grandfather proud. And then he got the worst news. There was a company like a Target or a Walmart that decided to come in. And they walked up to him first and said, we want to come to your city and we want to buy your store. Will you sell us a store? He said, I can't do that. That's, you know, it's been inherited. It's in the family. They said, well, we want the land around your store. So if you won't sell your store, we're going to buy all the property around your store. And you're going to be right there in the center. We're going to put you out of business. 
It'd be better to take the money now and to walk away than it would be to stay there and go down. You understand how deep our pockets are. But the guy had a no quit attitude. He said, I can't help that. I'm going to keep the store. Granddaddy had it. Daddy had it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep it no matter what. So he kept the store. But while he had that store, he watched every day. The city come by and watch us. They were building all around him. They built to his left. They built behind him. They built to his right. And they surrounded that little guy with their massive building. And he went out the night before they were going to open the next day. And neighbors were telling him, you're going to be out of business when they open. And he walked out there and he looked. And there was their buildings. And there were their buildings. And there were those buildings. And he was just that little one in the middle. And they had a big sign they put up over their two buildings on the side. It said, Grand Opening. And he went back into his building and spent a few minutes and he came back out. He had him a sign. He put over his building this sign, Main Entrance. <laughs> now there's a guy who decided, I can just, I can cry about it or I can change my focus. I can, I can make something happen. So when they all show up tomorrow, they come through my door before they go through anybody else's. There's a guy with the right attitude. And so the key is going to be with the attitude issue. Now, the second thing is going to be this. People that make a difference, we said, are different. But people that make a difference find a way to make a difference. They just find a way. Don't you like that in somebody? that They, they don't bring you excuses. They don't tell you ten ways how it can't be done. They don't tell you that we tried and tried and tried and nobody's doing it. I can't stand it when somebody tells me it can't be done or we can't do that. Sure you can do it. I mean, we can do it if we'll find a way to do it, but we've got to be willing to say don't give up so easy. You've got to find a way to say it can be done. And if we, can, if we can change our mind enough to say, there is a way it can be done. Maybe I don't know the way, but if there, there is a way, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to move heaven and earth till I find it. When I can find the way it's done, you'll find out later. People even pay you to give them information for how it's done. But it starts in your head. It's the belief that it can be done. It can be figured out. Somebody can do it. I heard about a guy who was on an airplane. And he, he hated going home because he was single. He was 35. He'd never been married. His mother was getting tired of asking for when we're going to have grandkids, when are you going to get married. And he tried his best. He just couldn't make it work. But he was going home and he said, I've got to go visit her. I know mom's going to talk about when are you getting married, when are you going to find somebody. And he got on the plane. He's sitting in first class section. And, uh, and all of a sudden, this beautiful girl walks by, the most beautiful girl he ever saw in his life. And he looked at her and he thought, wow. He said, man, if I ever wanted to date anybody, that'd be the girl I'd want to date. And then he said, okay, I just got to get up the courage. I got to find a way to get that girl to talk to me. So he said, now I know that girl's probably heard a thousand lines. So he said, what can I do to get her to give me some attention? Maybe I can go home and tell my mom I've met somebody. And then he got up this idea. He said, I know what to do. I'm going to tell her that I'm a reporter and that I'm writing a story on what beautiful women find attractive in a man. And then she'll just kind of let the guard down. She'll talk. So he walked back there and sat beside her. He said, excuse me, ma'am, if you don't mind. He said, I notice you're highly attractive and and, and I'm writing a story. I'm a journalist. I just want to know, what do you find attractive in a man? And she looked at him. She said, well, I hadn't planned on doing an interview, but yeah, we got a few minutes. She said, um, I don't know. She said, I, I like that Indian look. And he said, Indian? She said, yeah. She said, you know, the, the Indian, is kind of, he's just stern, and, uh, and he seems confident. And she said, that, that's just that Indian look, that large, strong jawbone. So he wrote his notes. He said, oh, this is not going well. That's his... And I'm trying to get a date, and now you've got me on the Indian. And then he said, anything else? And he said, what? And she said, well, yeah, I like that Jewish man. He said, what? She said, yeah, you know, they watch their money. They monitor their finances. She said, they tell you, you know, what they, what they feel right off the bat. You don't have to wonder what they're thinking. 
He looks at his note, he says, oh God, this is going off track quick. It's going to be a train wreck. I got Indian, now I got Jewish man. And then he said, anything else? And he's just already thinking, oh, what, what's she going to come with? And she said, yeah. One other thing, she said, I know it sounds bad. I like that old southern redneck. She said, you know, the old guy's got the loud music and the big truck. She said, I know, it's a city. So he looks at his notes, this guy, Jew, Indian, redneck. And then she says, I'm embarrassed. Here I am telling you everything I like in a man. And she said, I don't even know you. I don't, know, I don't even know your name. He looked in the beautiful eyes and he looked at his notes and he thought, this is my one shot. He said, my name? Huh, my name's Geronimo Goldstein. <laughs> but my friends call me Bubba. And so here's, here's a guy that's quickly figured out, if you want to make something happen, if you really want to be the guy that makes a difference, you got to be willing to say, look, I'm going to find a way to make it work. I'm going to find a way. And, and that's what they do. They find a way. They don't find excuses. They don't find a way out. They find a way in. They say, but we can do this. It's never been tried before, but we can do this. Nobody's written about this, but we can do this. And I always say, just do it. Don't, I, I used to have a statement I'd make that, that would frustrate some of the staff in the earlier days because I had a couple of staff that they'd want to explain to me too long about something that I wanted quick. So I would just stop them in the staff and I'd say, stop. Don't tell me about your labor pains. Just show me the baby. That, that's all I want to know. I don't want to know how you got there and what, how long it took and the 10 contacts you made before you made the right, right one. Just tell me, did it work or did it not? And so after a while, it got away. It was a running joke among the staff. And that was, you know, don't tell the labor pains. Just show the baby. And that's the way it works. Um, and, and, and difference makers, they understand. They find the way, as I mentioned. In fact, you, you may have seen the, the movie Sully about Captain Sully and how, how cool that was. And he was a guy who, if you read his bio in his life, you know what he says? He says, all I ever wanted to do was make a difference with my life. I read an article about him one time when I read, read that said, all I want to do is make a difference with my life. I tore the article out and I, I tore it out on the plane and just put it in a file. And I thought about when I want to do something on making a difference, I'll re reference him. He was a guy that basically got in an airplane, took off there out of, it was US Airways, and uh, got up in the air and hit Canadian geese. And you recall that he had to land it, and he wound up landing the thing in the Potomac River, I mean, just in the Hudson River. And so he, he lands the plane, saves everybody's life. What a miracle. They wrote a movie about him and all that. You remember, even, even in the movie, how it came out good, that he did everything right. But he was a guy that he had decided early on in life, in my life, I want to make a difference. And you think, well, how are you going to do that? Just flying people from one destination to another. I promise you, he made a difference that day. And so that's the key to it. It's making a difference in life. Third thing I'll tell you quickly is this. People that want to make a difference, um, they want to make a difference. That is, they understand there's a difference between a calling and a career. A career is what you paid for. A calling is what you made for. A, a career is what they'll give you money for doing that keeps your bills paid. But a calling, and if you ever get the two doing the same, it's great. But a calling is something that when you do you say, man, I, I can't believe if I get paid for this, I get paid for it. I love doing this. I love helping, and I love encouraging, and I love building up, and I love making people better. And that's what, a, that's what a, the difference is. You can't stop those kind of people. I mean, whether it's a leader like, you know, in the political world like Churchill or Lincoln or, or in the business world like a Steve Jobs or Jack Welch, it doesn't matter. It could be in a sports world like a Muhammad Ali. They're the kind of people that no matter what you throw, they do not quit. They keep coming back and coming back. So I'll give you this statement kind of near the end. Um, I, I remember seeing this one time years ago. John Maxwell made this statement, and I liked it so much I began to just 
take every point and say, man, every line's great. Here's a statement he made. I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference and who can make a difference always doing something that makes a difference. Now, here's what I think. I want to make a difference. That's what we want. With people who want to make a difference. You want the team around you being people that are on board and want to be a part. I asked a guy about six months ago, he talked about leaving the church, and I said, you should. He came and said, Pastor, I'm thinking about leaving the church. And I looked at him and said, you should. And he wasn't expecting that. He was sitting with his family. He said, really? I said, yeah, you should. And I said, here's why. I don't want anybody here who's got one foot here and one foot somewhere else. And you obviously do. And I said, so you need to leave. And he said, well, I wasn't expecting that. Well, what would you be expecting? I mean, let's be honest. Let's just break this. If, if, if somebody came to you and said, well, I'm thinking about leaving you, what do you say? Well, no, please stay. Please. Why, why do you beg people? If you know where you're going, it ought to be an honor for them to be on board. I mean, I, I, not in the business of coddling people, putting diapers on people and babies' bottles in people's mouth. We got something important to do, and I intend the people to be on board to get on board. And so I said kindly to him, look, I think you should. You got one foot over here, one foot over there. I'd be miserable if I was you. I'd leave. If I were you, I'd leave so quick, and I'd go somewhere where I could get both feet planted somewhere, and I could use my life for something that mattered. That's, that, that's not being cruel. That's being truthful. And don't you want people to tell you the truth at times? Don't you want to be all in? I don't want to be in battle. You guys are so, you don't want to be in battle with some guy that all of a sudden decided, he said, you know, I'm really thinking about getting out of the army. I hate all this. These bullets are coming around. First chance I get, I'm running. <laughs> well, hey, buddy, I'd like to know known that before we got out here together because I'm pulling my weight. And, and that's what you want in every job. You don't want to be on a job where you say, well, I'm thinking about quitting this job, but I'm going to go make that sale. I got an idea. Why don't you quit and let somebody who makes the sale make the sale? The key is getting all in. So I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference and with people who can make a difference. Not everybody can. You want them to, but some people have the passion but may not have the skills. So not everyone can. But the key is I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference and who can make a difference doing something that makes a difference. Doing something that in the end of the day, that is something that you're going to look back at and say, it wasn't a waste of time, it was enjoyable. And so that's the code today making a difference. And you can do it today in so many ways. You can do it today by texting your spouse. Take one minute today, just text your spouse and just say, if you haven't been told today I love you, I want you to know I do. That's making a difference. If you see somebody needs an encouraging word, just want you to know I'm thinking about you today and saying that. If you see the waitress or there's somebody today that gives you good service, say so, say thank you. Making a difference doesn't have to be that big thing. It's that consistent little thing on a regular basis that one day builds up and you find out You've made a difference even when you weren't aware of it because in your heart, your goal was always to make a difference. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson. Be sure to check out all of our online resources available to Bill Purvis Leadership subscribers, including a brand new discussion forum where you can share information with your peers. Have a great month.